with me, please. Almighty God, I come to you now as your servant, asking that the words that I speak this morning would not be mine, but they would be yours. And asking, O God, that those who hear and receive these words would receive them not only in their minds and in their hearts, but deep in their souls, O God, that place where only you and they go. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I would do your will and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. And for today's message, if you listen and take your bulletins home and go back and read over the epistle reading from Galatians again, uh, I know it's long, uh, but it really fits in uh, with the, the gospel today. And the song, if you want an answer how to do all this stuff, it's follow this. God will take care of you. You know, I, it was interesting. I saw uh, on Facebook this week, uh, Reverend Troy Perry. It's the 50th anniversary of Metropolitan Community Churches, and they've just elected their third head of the denomination, a uh, woman who is not from this country. I think she's from Australia, first which woman. is the first, well, it's not the first woman, but the first person elected out of the United States to head up that denomination. And one of the things that Perry said in his... Um, sermon was God will handle this God will handle this and that's really what the message is that's under this gospel reading that you're about to hear Luke 10 beginning with the first verse later the master selected 70 and sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place that he intended to go and he gave them this charge. What a huge harvest, and how few the harvest hands. So on your knees, and ask God of the harvest to send harvest hands. On your way, and be careful. This is hazardous work. You're like lambs in a wolf pack. Travel light, comb and toothbrush, no extra luggage. Don't loiter and make small talk with everyone you meet along the way. When you enter a home, greet the family with peace. And if your greeting is received, then it's a good place to stay. If it's not received, go back out. Don't impose yourself. I want that to stick okay. in your head. Don't impose yourself. Stay at one home, taking your meals there, for a worker deserves three square meals. Don't move from house to house, looking for the best cook in town. When you, <laughs> well, amen. Some of us have some things to work on. <laughs> when you enter a town and are received, eat what is set before you. Heal anyone who is sick and tell them God's kingdom is right on your front doorstep. And when you enter a town and you are not received, go out into the street and say, the only thing we got from you is the dirt on our feet. Right. And by the way, we're giving that back. <clears throat> Did you have any idea that God's kingdom was right on your front doorstep? Amen. Now, I could tell you that for the pastors that follow the lectionary, the sermon that is being preached in those pulpits today 
is all about going out and converting the world. Amen? Everything that you're going to hear is about how Jesus sent these folks out to convert them to Christianity. And so all the evangelists everywhere are super happy. This is, this is why they have big tent meetings, amen? It's why Benny Hinn does what he does. <coughs> it's why Billy Graham did what he did. You know, they come barreling into a city and they preach the gospel. All right. So let's ask the first and most obvious question. When Jesus sent these people out, was he looking for them to be converted to Christianity? No. 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 Christianity didn't exist. So the first thing you need to know when you're being told that in order to be a good Christian, you've got to go out and convert the world is that they're a little off on their story. They're a little off in their understanding of what Jesus was doing. Because what did Jesus tell them at the whole end of the story? What do we find out is the most important message that they're going to give? God loves you. You're on the right track, but not quite there. Love one another. No. What did he say? He God said it right clearly. God is right there. All you to do. Amen. God is on your front doorstep. God is there. You don't have to go looking. There isn't anything special that you've got to do. Oh, and by the way, if you give me some good food, that's cool. If you receive the message, that's cool. Now, what has that got to do with us today? Well, it's this, folks. We live in a world where you're hearing people, even maybe in your own families, that are saying to you that if you're not going out and converting people for Christ, that you are somehow not a good Christian. That somehow or another, if you aren't right in their face, telling them Jesus loves you, that somehow you're not doing it right. But that, in fact, was not the message of Jesus. Did you catch it at the beginning? How many of you two have gone on trips? How much hell was it to get ready to go on that trip? Amen? Right? I gotta pack this, gotta pack that, gotta make sure I have this, gotta make sure I got that. Billy will tell you that when I pack for a trip. The hair products alone. Amen. <laughs> 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 <Hey, man. laughs> I'm telling you, you know, you gotta take the hair dryer in case the place you're staying doesn't have one. You gotta take the hair product because the hair's gotta be right when you walk out of the hotel. I mean, getting ready for a trip is an ordeal. So what do you think it is, folks, when people say in order for you to be a good Christian that you got to talk about your faith to somebody, that you got to go out of your way and evangelize? We should be as a church standing down on some street corner calling everybody to God. Except that that's not what Jesus said. <clears throat> Number one, there's nothing to prepare for. Do you get it? There's nothing to prepare for. Not if you're going to depend on God. Amen? If you're going to depend on God, you've got all you need. Oh, wait a minute, though. I just went someplace. 
that is probably the most difficult part of this message. You all don't believe you're enough. Well, didn't Jesus I don't say sing... in your reading, didn't Jesus say in your reading, though, that, that if, if they put something in front of you to eat, eat it? I mean, if it was pork? I mean, you know, take people where they are at. I love my husband. <laughs> he went somewhere where I wasn't ready to go, but that's true. You don't have to take anything because God, what was the song we just said? God will take care of you. God will take care of you. You know, sometimes I think we try way too hard, folks. We try way too hard. Those of us that are dealing with addictive issues, you know, that's all we can think about. My God, I don't want to fail. Somehow or another, I won't be loved if I don't make it. Well, you know what? The important part of an addictive issue is, is when you fall down, what happens? You get back up. Amen? How many of us in our community, in the GLBTQ community, have been told all of our lives that we don't belong? That somehow or another, we're not worthy? Had we believed that crap, we wouldn't be here today. Because you see, that's what this message is. Jesus didn't send people out on a power and control thing. By the way, can anybody tell me where in Scripture Jesus walked up to anybody and said, Hi, I'm the Messiah and your life is screwed. I'm here to save you. <laughs> I don't remember that anywhere. Not one account. Obviously, they left it out. I know this hurts because we were all brought up with this. How many of our Christian churches do exactly that? Hi, I'm from the United Methodist Church, and your life is screwed, and we're here to fix it. We just need to tell you a few important details, and you'll have it done. And by the way, if you want your life to be fixed, you will do it the way we tell you to do it, which means that you'll marry the opposite gender, it means that you won't do drugs, you won't drink, you won't masturbate, you won't gamble, you won't, you won't do anything except sit there and do what we tell you to do. They need to go back and read this message again. Don't take anything with you. And what's even more important is when you walk into that house, when you first meet somebody, what's your response supposed to be? Peace. Peace. And you're either welcome or not. Man, would the world be different? How much different? <laughs> I can't go there. I'm sorry. Although you all know where I was going. How much different would it be? If rather than being critical of people, we were looking for the good. Sometimes you don't know, folks, that for that person who is lonely, who is hurting, who has no idea who God is because they told God to go to hell a long time ago, they're not going to be okay with you telling them how they need God. Amen. <laughs> you got to show them God. Maybe a hug. 
Maybe a smile. Maybe the admission that, you know what? I don't know how to fix this, but I do know that I'm there with you. I can tell you that for those of you who are watching out in the internet world, that is one of the things I am so proud of this church about. We have almost learned that without even being told to do it. Whoever shows up is accepted right where they're at for who they are. <clears throat> Nobody has had to change one thing in their life to be here. Now, I know there's some people going to go out and go, whoa, no, 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 pastor. You know, there's some behaviors that are not okay. Well, you know what my answer to that is? That's between them and God. But as for me and my house, you're loved. You are perfectly acceptable. What is it that we've been teaching now for the last several months? You are wonderfully and uniquely created in the image of God. And that is enough. That's what this message is about. We get too hung up in bullcrap folks about how to do stuff. I remember that I almost got thrown out of CPE. Does everybody here know what CPE is? It's clinical pastoral education. It's how they train chaplains to be in the hospital. And I was taking my first unit of CPA, CPE. I was in Toledo, Ohio, and I had been assigned to the hospital at uh, 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 Toledo Hospital uh, with the chaplain there. And the chaplain there happened to be a Lutheran minister. Very nice guy, wonderful guy, very loving and caring. But he was a hardcore, down-to-the-knickers Lutheran. He could tell you the 95 theses of, of, of Martin Luther by heart. He knew what Martin Luther objected to, knew all that stuff, knew what it was to be a Lutheran. So the night that I'm, one of the nights that I'm there, we're in the emergency room. We have been assigned to the emergency room. And uh, there was a family came in that had been in a terrible auto wreck. And uh, in that car was a, a mom and a dad and their six-month-old baby. The six-month-old baby had been killed, had died. And of course, the first thing I noticed about this was the doctor had absolutely no bedside manner. Came out to the couple, and when the mother crying, wanting to know how her baby was, the doctor looked at her and says, your baby sustained injuries that are incompatible with life. And turned around and walked out of the room. Of course, at that point, the mother looked at the chaplain and goes, so he's going to be okay. So we were left to give the death notification. And when we gave the death notification, of course, mom went completely apart. And then she started crying, oh, you've got to baptize my baby. My baby was not baptized. Please, 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 baptize my baby. This Lutheran chaplain looked at her and says, ma'am, in the Lutheran church, we don't baptize the dead. We will pray for your baby. And walked out of the emergency room. I looked at this crying mother, and I had my own little freak out show, because if I'd have thought about it, I wouldn't have done it. But I walked over to the sink, poured a cup of water, prayed over it, walked over to the baby with mom's hand, and baptized that baby. And of course, I got my ass in a sling, amen, because I was disrespectful, and I was this, and I was that. And when they finally asked me why, 
did you go against this man's belief? And I said, because he condemned that mother to a lifetime of hell. What I'm saying is your creeds and credos don't make any difference, folks. Whether you think God's got long hair and a beard and plays a banjo, or that Jesus is a white man or a Middle Easterner, all of that stuff does not matter. What you think about hell does not matter. All that matters is what Jesus told us to do. Walk into a person's life and say peace. Didn't he say leave all that behind? Don't just a toothbrush. Yeah, you don't have to pack for nothing. <laughs> leave all that behind. So I'm going to leave you with this story, and then I'm done. Oh, by the way, this was a great quote. Because this ties right into this. Because you know why we do go on these power trips, right? Because somebody wants to get credit. Right? Remember when you went to Sunday school and they gave you a gold star? And then they gave you a blue star every time you brought somebody to church and they were saved? Remember that? Um, my Sunday school teacher wrote this on Facebook this week. Isn't it amazing? And she's 97 now. Wow. Isn't it amazing how much we can get done when we don't care who gets credit? And the only thing I would add to that is when God gets credit. Amen? So if we're going to be effective, folks, it's not about calling people to become Christians. It's about living your life in a way so that people want to be Christians. It's about living your life so people want a relationship with God. And if you're living your life like that, they'll ask you. You don't have to tell them nothing. Just share your story. Story about a man who was on a luxury liner and suddenly he falls overboard. He can't swim and in desperation he begins calling for help. Now it just so happens there were several would-be rescuers on the deck who witnessed the incident. The first man was a moralist. And when he saw the man fall overboard, he immediately reached into his briefcase and pulled out a book on how to swim and he tossed it to the man and said, now you can read this, follow the instructions and you'll be okay. The next man happened to be an idealist. And when he saw the man fall overboard, he immediately jumped into the water and began swimming all around the drowning man saying, now watch me swim, do as I do and you'll be all right. The next person to him happened to be a member of the institutional church. Make sure you understand that I said institutional church. He looked at the drowning man's plight with deep concern and he yelled out, now just hold on friend, help is on the way. We're going to establish a committee and dialogue about your problem. And if and when we come up with the proper financing, we'll be right there. The next man happened to be a representative of the School of Positive Thinking. And he yelled out to the drowning man, friend, the situation is not nearly as bad as you think. Think dry. The, ne the, next, man, the next man on board happened to be a revivalist. And by this time, the drowning man was going down for the third time and desperately began waving his arms. Seeing that, the revivalist yelled out, yay, brother, I see that hand. Is there another? Is there another? And finally, the last man on the deck, who happened to be a realist, immediately dropped what he was doing 
and jumped into the water and brought the man to shore. That's what this message is about. Let go of your creeds, let go of your cre uh, credos, and all those proper things that you've heard that you're supposed to do in the church, and luggage. just be yourself. Be yourself. <clears throat> May there be peace in our house. God bless.